You're listening to Parenting with Emotional Intelligence, a subset of the Living and Leading with Emotional Intelligence podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, the founder of Catalyst for Change LLC and Generation EQ and author of The EQ Deficiency. If you find the information in this podcast valuable and want to learn more about how you can incorporate this essential skill in your and your family's lives, I welcome you to contact me personally and we can have a chat. You can find my personal calendar link and contact information in today's show notes. Our topic for today is how to effectively communicate with your child or children when they refuse to do something that you've requested of them. First, we're gonna understand why children do this to begin with. From an outside point of view, it may seem that your child is acting like a downright brat, intentionally trying to pressure buttons and get their way. And in some cases, this is exactly what is happening. Your child may know that if they push hard enough, you'll just give in to their demands or refusal to cooperate. However, in other cases, the child's pushback and refusal to comply is instead a desperate act to prove to themselves that they have some form of control over their lives. Regardless of our age, none of us like to be told what to do. Think of a time when you were told to do something and how that demand changed how you responded or at least how it made you feel inside. So if we experience these feelings as fully matured, rational adults, why would we expect anything less than rebellion from a child whose prefrontal lobe or rational brain has yet to fully develop? Children predominantly rely on their emotions to guide them. So if you want to conserve your energy and effort and reduce the chance of conflict, you must tactfully appeal to these emotions of theirs and their natural childlike egocentrism. And I call this positive manipulation. Again, there are two primary reasons why children refuse to comply. The first is they know from past experience, if they push hard enough, they'll get what they want. They'll get their way. And this is a conditioned response. And the second reason is they want to feel a sense of control. So first, let's tackle the conditioned response. While children can be kind, sweet, cuddly, and honestly all around adorable, they can also be terrifying and cause us embarrassment and strife with their lack of impulse control, emotional outbursts, tantrums, and not to mention their shrieking high-pitched screams. (laughs) That being said, telling them no or demanding their compliance is likely to trigger an unpleasant response, which subsequently will likely trigger your own unpleasant feelings and reactions to them. To avoid this whole debacle and unwanted angst, it can sometimes be tempting to just give in to them instead of to fight them. Unfortunately, once we do this, they begin to realize that when they behave in a certain way, it results in you backing down and them getting out of doing something or getting what they want. And the more you avoid dealing with this unpleasant reaction to no's and request, the harder it is 
to break this condition response. If you've ever noticed or wondered why your child is more prone to listen and behave around specific people, it's because they know their limits with each person. So if they act out more around you than they do someone else, it's because you have communicated to them through your actions that they can get away with what they want or avoid doing something if they behave in a certain way with you. So how do you correct for this? Put simply, you just have to commit and not fold. Easier said than done, I know. But like anything else in life, if we want an easy life, so to speak, we first have to put in the hard work up front. It's called front loading, and it works with personal development, career, and financial success, and yes, even parenting. This means if you can manage to make it through the first year or so of those full-blown temper tantrums and meltdowns without giving in to their behavior, you'll experience much smoother selling for the remainder of their upbringing. Now, there are several nuances to this. For instance, being a drill sergeant might ensure your child behaves, around you at least, but it's likely not teaching them to effectively express and manage their emotions. What we don't want to do is dismiss or encourage suppression of emotions. And secondly, even handling things effectively does not mean that you'll completely eliminate poor behavior entirely because none of us are perfect. We all have days where we're low on energy and we just simply react. But what it does mean is that you have a greater chance of reducing the occurrence, intensity, and time of these outbursts and undesirable reactions. One last thing I want to point out before we move on to the second reason children refuse to comply, and that is how to communicate these changes to your child. If you decide to commit to standing your ground, This is going to be an abrupt change and can confuse your child. While it's not necessary, I do recommend that you communicate these upcoming changes to your child. For example, something like, I know that I've let you get away with a lot or don't make you do certain things, but that's all going to change starting today. I would appreciate if you worked with me instead of against me, but just know that if you push back, These are the consequences going forward. Again, this will likely not phase your child at first because many parents make empty threats and promises. So until your words and your actions are in alignment consistently, your child will likely not take you seriously. So if you are making the decision to do this, you've got to be in it. You've got to commit, period. And lastly, and this is very important, your composure. Children can sense what we're feeling. And if they sense that they're getting to us, it will fuel them even more because they're thinking, oh, they're getting close. They're getting close to their breaking point. And so they'll keep going. So even if it feels like you're going to lose it, act unfazed. Stay calm and be confident. This tactic is an effective way to extinguish their persistence. Okay, 
Moving on to the second reason children refuse to comply with your request. They want to prove they have some form of control over their lives. Again, none of us like to feel controlled by someone else. I mean, look at how grown adults handle being told to wear masks. Telling versus asking makes a huge difference. Now, you might be thinking, well, if I ask my kids instead of tell them, then they're in control and not me as the parent. Yes and no. You are still in control, but you are giving them the illusion of control. Think of it this way. They are a bowling ball on the alley, and you are the gutter bumpers. You're still guiding them where you want them to go, but you're giving them enough freedom that in their mind, they feel empowered to make their own decisions. If you remember from earlier in the podcast video, I mentioned positive manipulation. That's what you're going to do. And here's how we do it. First, make the task or request seem desirable. Here's a simple example. So let's say you're trying to get your young child to put on their shoes. Instead of saying, put on your shoes so we can go outside, which is a demand, Instead, you might say, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to go for a walk. I would love for you to join me. What do we need to do first, though, before we can walk outside? So first, you are making them a part of the experience by expressing your interest in them joining you. And you're talking about what a beautiful day it is, which can be very enticing. And then you pose a problem meaning there is something standing in the way of us going outside. And then you allow them to help you solve that problem by giving them the chance to provide you with an answer. Now, if they need help figuring out the solution, especially if they're they're younger children, we might look down at our feet and say, what is missing? What do we need to put on our feet before we can go outside? our shoes. It's amazing what some added dialogue can do to get results over a demand. Sure, it's more words, but it can save you tons of time and effort in arguing with your child to put on their shoes, not to mention unneeded irritation. But what if this doesn't work or there's something that isn't very fun that you're trying to get them to do? Here's where options come in handy. So if your child still refuses to comply when you pose your command as a question, you can now offer options, which we briefly talked about last week. Options open the door for choice, and choice is a form of control. So let's use chores as an example. You may say, would you prefer to help clean the kitchen or the bathroom? If they say neither, you can say, Well, that wasn't one of my options, but if you insist, we can add another option to the table. Great, now you have three options. You can either do the kitchen, the bathroom, or be without your phone for the rest of the evening. Which would you prefer? Now, sure, you may get some eye rolls and some pushback, but you're showing them that every action has a consequence, either good or bad. 
And at the front of it all is the choice that they decide to make. If they become upset when you take away the phone, then later you can expand on that conversation once they've had a chance to calm down about choice and responsibility. So before we go for today, here's a recap. Children push back and refuse to comply for two primary reasons. They are testing their limits with you, which you can correct for by holding strong and not reacting. And the other reason is that they want to feel a sense of control, which you can help by giving them options and making them feel involved in the process. All right, so that is all for today's episode. If you found value in this episode and you would like to learn more or have questions, I encourage you to check out my website, generationeq.org, where you can find out information about upcoming Generation EQ Parents Clubs, where I personally facilitate 90-minute interactive discussion sessions every month on parenting with emotional intelligence and expand upon topics such as these. But the difference is you get to ask questions and engage with me. In addition, I offer private family programs, which takes into account your family's unique personalities and behaviors. So I will put all of this and the link to Generation EQ in the website. Um, Tomorrow is Throwback Thursdays, where I share an experience from my past prior to developing my emotional intelligence and assess it with a new perspective and what I learned about myself or others from that experience. But until then, live and lead with an open heart and an open mind. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.